You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 127 of the Fearless Business Podcast. This is Jamie, and I'm here with my co-host, Mary. And today, I feel like we have the inevitable podcast episode subject matter when you're talking about mindset, and that is the Enneagram. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could we not do a month on mindset and not talk about the Enneagram? We couldn't. That's why we're doing it. That's right. Everybody <laughs> loves the Enneagram. This is our first episode on the Enneagram. But maybe we'll have I'm more. Actually, yeah, we might have know. to. No, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm I'm fairly new to the Enneagram. It was thrust upon me. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. I um for good reason, I think. Yeah, no. So the reason why I even know my Enneagram number, which is an eight for everybody who's listening, is because uh, when I applied to be on the board of directors at the Cupcake Girls, I was required to take the Enneagram test. And I had to send them my results. And I was like, can I fail this? Like, <laughs> what is it? Is that a thing? Yeah. So that was my introduction. That was, you know, less than a year ago. True. I just took mine, like, I think maybe last month or something like out of What's curiosity I'm a two and I think basically it's totally opposite of an eight. Oh, really <laughs> I think no I don't know <laughs> I think because because I think two is the helper I forget what the eight is oh, wait I'll tell you hold on the eight is give me a second I think with my two, there's like the wing numbers also. Yeah. Oh, the challenger. Yeah, the challenger. Maybe we right. are exact. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I wasn't making it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the eight is the challenger. Um, yeah, I'm the helper. Very interesting. Is anybody surprised? No. Look, I'm looking at, so I'm looking at the Enneagram Institute and it looks like my arrows go to two for growth. And five when I'm stressed. Oh, okay. Mine are... I don't know what that means. Yeah, mine is two and then it's six and nine. Let's see. Eight in relationship with two. Enneagram type two, the helper with the Enneagram type eight, the challenger. 
see these two types are more alike than they may appear to be at first. There you They're go. They're both action oriented and want to have a personal impact on their environment. Wow. Look. Look, look at us. See? Wonderful. We work really well together. We're like yin and yang. Eight is practical and concerned with results, whereas twos are more people-oriented and more openly altruistic. <laughs> is anyone surprised one teeny tiny so bit? Fun. No, oh no one's gosh. surprised. All of our listeners are like, um, yeah, we could have told you that. Because... <laughs> I know. Well, when I first met Joy, who's the CEO of the Cupcake Girls, she was like, you're either an eight or a three. I just, I just know it. You're either an eight <laughs> or a three. As it, as it was, I turned out to be an eight. Although I think like I'm an eight. I think wing seven, I forget what that means, but um, I think three was like the next one up. So I was, I think three, according, so our guest, who I haven't even mentioned, our guest is the amazing Gina Gomez. She is awesome. Um, And I'm very excited. I actually, you'll hear this in our interview, but I actually stalked her on Instagram. I follow her and I just like her and said, hey, I love the content that you create. It really resonates with me. Will you come on the show? And she gracefully answered and said, yes, (laughs) she's very sweet and lovely. Um, But Gina was saying that most entrepreneurs tend to be threes or eights. Not all, but most. Yeah. Mine under stress is an eight and in growth is a four. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know. We're going to have to do like a whole deep dive on all of this. I took it and then I didn't really read the whole thing. So I've read it, but I haven't read it for a long time. The one thing that really sort of resonated with me, oh yeah, eight, Enneagram 8 with a 7 wing is called the Maverick, which is really funny. Um, yeah, my my fears is being controlled or allowing others to have power over me that I don't like. I don't like to be told what to do. Yeah, I don't like to be told what to do. I know that's surprising. Anyone <laughs> so who knows me is like, shocking. no way. <laughs> <laughs> We're all really, really surprised. So I, I definitely had a lot of fun talking to Gina about this because we sort of, we talk about like, how do you use it? How do you get started with it? Why do you use it? And how can you use it in business? Which I think is like really helpful. Yeah. I think, I think it's these tools. I'm glad we're covering some of these tools because they, they do like help in certain ways. I don't think you can like, just like follow them as law. Like some people kind of get really hung up on them, but like, I think it is helpful to kind of understand and see, especially when you're working with other people. So that's cool that Joy um, has everyone has everyone take it, at least so you know what kind of other personalities there are, even if you're not used to working with them all the time yet, you know? I love what you just said, because what you just said was have balance. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yes. So use these tools, certainly, and they can be really fun. Like talking with Gina, honestly, it's just fun. It's fun to talk about personality traits. One of the interesting things Gina does on her Instagram is she'll often talk about like who you might have been as a kid or what triggering events may have sort of brought out some of these personality types or personality traits in you. And certainly when I read the eight, I was like, oh, I can, I can resonate with that. So it was very interesting um, to see that. I don't know what it does for me. And she and I really talked about that, particularly like once you know it, like what do you do with it? And sometimes it's just a lot of growth and a lot of knowing your triggers and a lot of, she talks about it in terms of mindfulness, which I loved getting her definition of mindfulness. So I think there's a lot of good info in here for sure. I've talked endlessly about her. Perhaps I should 
tell everyone who she is and we should just like get to the interview or should we keep talking about ourselves? I love that idea because maybe people are tired of listening to us. <laughs> listening <laughs> we're going to do a whole episode just talking about being eights and twos. <laughs> I'm really happy that we're so like simpatico. I know. Yeah, it's nice, huh? And it's, I, I do actually have another thought about the thing about when you're little, because I see that with my girls, actually. And since they have different personalities, it's really interesting to see, like, what starts so young, you know? Oh. Yeah. Like, oldest Nature child. versus nurture. All of those kinds of things. Yeah. Birth order. Fascinating. It's fascinating, yes. right? Yeah. It's really... Anyways, tell us about Gina, because otherwise... Let's I'll... talk about Gina. I know. My goodness. Okay. Gina Gomez is an Enneagram educator, a self-discovery and relational coach, and the author of The Enneagram and You. She spent more than 10 years studying and researching the Enneagram, which as a side note, I was like, you must be saying to everyone, like, welcome to the club, people. <laughs> She's been doing this for 10 years. Who knew? Ah, Gomez now implements the tool to help women rediscover their core values and motivations, improve their relationships, and overcome heartache. She hosts the Modern Enneagram podcast. And now on to the interview. I am so excited to be here today with Gina Gomez, who is an Enneagram expert and life coach. And the funny thing about this is uh, Gina and I have never met before, but I have followed her on Instagram for a while. I love the content she creates. So I decided to just slide right into Gina's DMs and see if she wanted to come on during the month of August to talk about the Enneagram during our mindset month. So Gina, thank you for coming on the show and actually responding to my DM. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this interview. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. So Gina, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am an Enneagram educator and a self-discovery coach, and I'm also the author of the Enneagram and You. I've been studying the Enneagram and have been a student of the Enneagram for a little over a decade. Wow. You've been, you're, I, do you feel like with all the people who are so excited about the Enneagram over the last like year or two, you're like, I've known about this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of, I think in the very beginning, I was, I was just so excited that it finally kind of hit mainstream and that the conversation was now like wide open. That's awesome. I like that positivity very much. So why do you think that happened? I mean, obviously the Enneagram has been around for a very long time. You've been studying it for 10 years. Why do you think people are so excited about it now? That's a really good question. I, I think that I first sort of saw more activity around the Enneagram on Instagram. And I think that gave people sort of like like a really easy door to open. There was like lots of memes and interactive like games you could, you know, kind of do to figure out your type. And I just think it's a great bridge for people to kind of get into more self-developmental work. I think that people got excited because they could really identify with this, you know, set of traits that really identified with them. It's really true. So I'm, many of our listeners know this, but I sit on the board of directors of a nonprofit called the Cupcake Girls. I had never taken a single, I don't, I don't even, I hate using this term, but for lack of a better term, personality test, I don't think that's what this is. But 
for lack of a better term, I'd never taken any of the Myers-Briggs, any of it. And as a requirement of coming on, they, I had to take the Enneagram. I'm an eight. It's been shocking to me sometimes now after getting that profile, going through it. And then now whenever I see anything about an eight, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's me. That's it's, it's wild. So it is very effective. And I think a lot of people really, it helps you understand some things more about yourself. But beyond that use or the use of me just like scouring your Instagram for things about eights, how do people use the Enneagram? The Enneagram can be integrated into several different ways. I I like to think of the Enneagram as a really invaluable tool to cultivate compassion for ourselves and for other people, because I think that as we start to kind of dive into the, you know, the the light side of ourselves and then the sort of dark side, a lot of shame can come on. So it really does just allow you to understand like where these behaviors might have developed and kind of looking at it more as like coping mechanisms, defense mechanisms, rather than like, oh, that person is just a jerk, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's, I think a lot of people use it for spiritual growth, self-development. Uh, I know, you know, several companies use it for, you know, how to communicate better with their employees, conflict resolution, all kinds of things like that. If you're just getting started, what's the best way to sort of even enter into the space absent, you know, the memes that you're talking about. But if you really do want to spend some time, not just sort of reading things here and there, but actually doing the work, where do you suggest people start? I always uh, tell people a good place to start is by taking a free online test. I really like the Eclectic Energies Enneagram test. And it allows you to kind of narrow things down. So the tests online are incredibly inaccurate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the thing about the Enneagram and finding your the type that you most identify with is that there has to be some level of self awareness, right? So I think that even if you take the test and you, you know, you see your top score, then kind of taking it further and exploring, you know, that certain type, and then all the others as well to see which one you most identify with. And so then once you find that out, so we'll use me as an example, I, I, I feel pretty strongly that I identify as an eight. <laughs> <laughs> From there, how do you see people utilizing that, whether it's in there? And I want to sort of explore both personal and business because most of our the people that listen are really listening from a business perspective. But when we talk about mindset, I think there's just such a blur amongst personal and business that it's hard to separate those out because we tend to repeat our patterns wherever we are. <laughs> but how do you use that in order to sort of help with that self-development? And then what do you kind of, how do you suggest people continue once you feel confident that you've identified the right type and you've learned a little bit about it? Where do you kind of go from there? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question again. And I think, I think it's going to really depend on the person. So I think when you go into any kind of like self-awareness and just bringing more consciousness to your own behaviors, it's going to vary between person to person, whether or not you're going to want to go further (laughs) into (laughs) work. Um, And sometimes, you know, that's, that's okay. Sometimes we're not ready yet. 
and um, just giving ourselves that grace to kind of like take it as slow as we need to. But if you are ready and you jump in, I think most people's experience from what I have like done research with and with my clients is that then it's like, okay, now that I've identified my behaviors, you know, those that actually serve me, which are the ones that don't serve me and that I would like to work on? And then from there, building some sort of mindfulness practice that you can implement into your day-to-day life so that you have this sort of like tool. I think that Along with that, you know, I'm a big advocate of therapy and things like that. So depending on where you are, it really depends on where you are in your journey um, as to how you're going to approach it. An easy answer <laughs> would be, you know, kind of discover your type, discover those things that really resonate with you, and then can explore more of a mindfulness practice after that. I love your answer because I I feel like it it does it so much service because it's not a one size fits all anything. Like sometimes I think people get the number, hold on to it tight <laughs> and then sort of don't decide where they're going to go with it. You're like, Oh yeah, that's me. And then we're good to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's when the real work happens. And I like that combination of both. Maybe you do need some external help, maybe with therapy or something like that, or maybe you can sort of walk through on your own and, and make that practice. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you how you look at a mindfulness practice. What is it for those people who don't may not even know what that term means? Maybe they're very new to it. And how do you start to integrate that into your life? I think a mindfulness practice is, you know, just creating a little bit of space so that you can respond to situations rather than react. And that can look as simple as realizing, okay, you know, when someone cuts me off on the street, um, instead of, you know, getting angry and activated and maybe yelling or honking or maybe speeding up to them, right? And like sort of creating a conflict to just allow yourself to realize, okay, that does activate me. So the next time this happens, I'm going to take a few breaths and then kind of observe without judgment, just how I'm feeling within my body and why I'm feeling that way. Because usually it's fear, right? Like that person Mm -hmm. could have it's, you know, it's not like, like a recipe necessarily, but I think that it just allows us to take a little bit of pause and kind of take care of ourselves because yelling at that person isn't going to really serve us. And also it, again, it kind of brings in that compassion. Like, why is that person cutting me off? You know, Mm -hmm. like, I wonder what their situation is. So it, it could be as simple as that. There's also, you know, journaling prompts that are really helpful or working with a coach who can um, help you, you know, create some sort of framework for your day to day. So I know you're a coach. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you may work with clients, um, particularly and how you incorporate utilizing the Enneagram in that work. I've been a coach for a little over a year. Right now, primarily, I I work with one-on-one clients every so often, but most of the time I'm teaching classes online. So I have like how to thrive in a relationship by Enneagram type kind of class. And that really digs into your specific type and all of the elements that go into that in terms of the Enneagram. Also, I work with women who have gone or are going through a breakup because I think that's such a transformative time. And it's really a time that 
<laughs> most people are like, okay, I need to get my shit together. Oh. <laughs> totally fine. Totally okay. fine. I like it. And so I think that it's just so helpful to have that support when you're going through a breakup. Um, and yeah, that's primarily how I work with people. I love that. Yeah. I feel like we all, whether it's a breakup or something, it's, it's always like that. There's always like a moment. It's that like that low or some big change happens or something happens unexpected when people start to search out self-discovery or, or figuring out ways to maybe not repeat that same thing from happening or figuring out why something happened. I think that's really applicable in the business world too. Um, many entrepreneurs, um, and I don't know if you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, but um, mind, <laughs> mindset, mindfulness, uh, fear, as you talked about, is a massive part of owning a business. Um, and so how would you see ways to use the Enneagram in your business um, that maybe it might be the same or maybe it's different than you'd use it in your personal life? Yeah. So I, I do work with small businesses who want to create like Enneagram workshops for their employees, for their contractors, uh, for that reason, like being able to take your business to where you want it to be. There's a lot of self-development that needs to happen. A lot of self-awareness and just knowing like, you know, where your strengths are and, uh, the Enneagram can definitely help with also I I hate to say finding your purpose because I think that that's such an individual thing. I don't think it has anything to do with like personality necessarily, but it can definitely support you in, you know, finding what you really value, like those core values that are going to be integrated into your business as well. So there are courses I have seen online for entrepreneurs specifically uh, when it comes to the Enneagram. Yeah, I, I, I I find that um, as a business owner myself, and I've I've owned my own business now for now seven almost eight years, and I have a staff. And I found that there are certain moments in that business where there's sort of a pivotal moment where either you're being held back by something, um, usually fear. So I, I really loved that you brought that up because I feel like so much of our anxieties come from and fears come from sort of the unknown or not having the right amount of information. Um, but being held back by those can often, it can be helpful, I think, to have a framework like the Enneagram to help you identify when something like that pops up. (laughs) Because sometimes we just have this overwhelming feeling and we don't even know where it's coming from. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, I always say that usually business owners, and this isn't, this is just my opinion, (laughs) but usually business owners, entrepreneurs, they're usually threes and eights. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, because eights are just natural born leaders. And they, like I always say, when I'm looking for any kind of business advice, I'm looking for a type eight. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put that on my website. Yeah. (laughs) That's so interesting. Why is that? Just out of curiosity, I'm sure a lot of people listening are, are nodding their heads and identifying, but why do you think that of threes and eights as natural, but just in your opinion, obviously? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously like I'm a type two and I have my own business, so sure. anyone can have it, but, um, I think it's, they're just naturally inclined. Like threes are the, uh, achievers of the Enneagram. So they're really uh, goal oriented and they're driven by, 
you know, desire for success. So that kind of just, you know, leads into their own purpose. And then for eights, you know, they're really after not just power, like not in a bad sense, but in a way that they can advocate for those less fortunate and to make sure that no one else is being taken advantage of. So that's really great. I feel that. So if I'm a business owner and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm hiring a certain person. And so for me as an eight um, and a business owner, my some of my business weaknesses are operations. I'm really bad with like the policies, the procedures, um, all the stuff. I have the big idea and then I sort of want to just make someone else do it. So if I'm looking for that like first hire, which I think is often an ops person for or or an assistant of some kind, which Enneagram numbers tend to be the best assistants or best operations people? Yeah. Wow. That's a really good question. (laughs) I think think the first types that come to mind would be a type one. Um, They tend to be a little bit on the more like perfectionistic side. So they're all about the details. I would assume no, no, not assume. I, I think that they really would be great at creating and building systems as well. It's also type six comes to mind because they have great foresight, um, like type ones, and they're sort of, you know, like service oriented. So those are the two that jump out. I love it. That's awesome. And yes, we all know there's definitely exceptions and this won't be. So we're talking generally and in Gina's opinion. (laughs) Gina, if you don't know, I'm a lawyer, so I always have to give caveats. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) So I'm going to do that for you. And we're just having, I love this though. I think it's, it's really helpful just to get an idea, even when you're hiring, for example, of the types of characteristics, not just a person. Like I like how you talked about foresight service oriented like that's not something that you often think about when you're hiring um when you're hiring you're like okay i need someone who's really good at powerpoint or <laughs> i need someone right. who's yeah. great at writing copy but those people who tend to be really good at putting systems into place have other characteristics that you should be looking out for that'll help you know whether or not they're actually going to be good at it or they're just saying that they are right <laughs> yes it makes a big difference. So that is a really helpful framework. I um I know that that is actually what the CEO of the Cupcake Girls, what her motivation is when she she has a staff as well, and we obviously have the board, but she wants to know, and I think it she's a huge believer in the Enneagram, um, loves it. And so I'm going to have to tell her that we were talking about her on this podcast, but um, <laughs> I know that's why she does it, and she does it really effectively. And when she meets you, she's really funny. She was guessing. She thought I was either an eight or a three. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I came back, she's like, yep, I knew it. But I think it does help her in how she communicates with staff as well, because I learned a really hard lesson when I was starting out. I have, like I had mentioned, I have five employees. They all do something different and they all have very different personalities. And when I'm giving a task to each of them, I've learned and I learned the hard way because of communication. I have to give that task in a different way to each of them. Knowing how they think um, and what their strengths are helps me in communicating. And a tool like this, I think, is really helpful in allowing me to most effectively communicate with them. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. There's going to be different approaches you might take. And I imagine it's the same way you talk about relationships. 
um, being in those, like, you know, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship relationship, how does that play? How could I use it? Say, I want to like talk to my partner or my best friend. How could I use the Enneagram in that way? Yeah, I think that there is inside of relationships, there's always going to be some kind of conflict, right? Something that doesn't go down well, or just a disagreement even. And there are 44 different pairings, right? So like a two and an eight, five and a six, so on. And each of them have a sort of like very unique dynamic, and they're all going to have their own strengths, the challenges that each of these pairings might face. And so you can kind of look at it as, I mean, you definitely would need like either a book <laughs> or some sort of guide or coach, but it's it's going to really open up so much more curiosity than judgment when you're with someone, whether it is a partner or a boss or, you know, a, a friend who posted something ridiculous on Facebook or something like that. <laughs> Um, and so again, like I, I always reiterate this, but it brings in compassion. You're, you, you stop being, you know, like reactive and judgy and you're like, Hmm, like maybe they had a bad day. Right. Or, um, this person that I'm with, I know that they're really sensitive to criticism and maybe what I said was interpreted that way when I didn't mean it to be. So, yeah, I mean, there's endless, endless things. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love the focus on compassion. I think we're so quick to snap judgments, particularly when somebody drafts or writes a, a crazy Facebook post, because yeah. it's easier to do so when you're not looking at someone. And now in particular, more than ever, when everything we're doing is online, because we have to, yeah. um, having that pause, going back to the mindfulness practice before reacting, which I think was my problem for so long. I was so quick to react versus taking that like breath or moment to just say, okay, even if it's like a five second pause, like think about what you're saying, yeah. um, gives you that sort of kindness and empathy for the fact that maybe someone's yelling at you, not because of you, but because of something that had happened to them outside of you. It helps in the reactions back. So I think that's really wonderful advice. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I have to say that you know, this isn't granting someone compassion is one thing, but I, I I have to say that it doesn't mean that when something is, you know, done to you, that's harmful. Like, no, you don't have to give that person compassion. <laughs> well, and you, but you also don't, just because you're kind doesn't mean that you can be walked all over. Yes, exactly. I talk yeah. about that. I talk, I lecture about negotiation a lot. And that's one of the things I, you know, as an attorney, I've been a lawyer for 15 years and I deal with incredibly aggressive and often really disrespectful and nasty opposing counsel to this day. And just because I don't rise to that level or engage in that kind of really awful language doesn't mean that I let myself be taken advantage of. Right. It just means I'm not going to stoop to that or communicate in the same way. So there's a difference between kindness and compassion and and being taken advantage of. I think you can have both and not be taken advantage of. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then you just feel, but it's like what you said, like, even if, you know, you, in your getting cut off, um, in traffic scenario, like if you yell, you're going to feel bad, right? Like, cause you don't want to have that reaction. So at least you can walk away knowing you had a great reaction because you took that minute, know what your triggers are and had that mindfulness practice. So I like this framework. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's great. Gina, thank you so much. You've provided such incredible information. People love the Enneagram. I love how you present it. I highly recommend everybody check out Gina's Instagram account. We're going to drop the link. But if you can tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. So you can find my account on Instagram at ginagomez.co. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm very excited. If you could tell everyone also the name of your book, we'll drop a link to that as well and your website so they can find you there too. All right. Yeah. My book is called The Enneagram and You, and it can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and it's all about how you can improve your relationships through the Enneagram. That's great. Thank you, Gina. Thank you for having me. Okay, now I'm motivated to actually read through my whole thing and understand it a little bit better. Go follow her on Instagram. You'll really like her. She's so sweet. I'm going to follow her. I uh, I might have already started following her. She's, did she split it into um, into like the different numbers? I think so. Mm-hmm. And I thought she it was awesome because cause then you can like really zero in on like, I was like, oh, that's a two thing. That's super helpful to me. Yeah, she's it's cool. And her colors are very soothing. I feel very soothed by Gina. <laughs> Let's all be calm. Be okay. If you talk to Gina, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. You know, August <laughs> is all about mindset. So here we are, like being Zen before September starts. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, a lot of people in our audience, they're, if they have children, their children have started school. Right. Our lovely producer, Don, his son, yes. both, your, both his kids started started school I think last week so we're way behind yeah but we always start in September so yeah exactly we're just I'm not thinking we're not thinking about it no we should I want to hear everybody's numbers if you tell us tell us in in the in our group in the Facebook group have you taken the Enneagram are you a two or an eight are you an eight I know (laughs) we can have little teams and camps and we can get together and make amazing projects and anyone that's not a two or an eight good luck I had no idea. <laughs> I don't know what any of the other numbers are. I didn't know what it was a two was until you just told me. So yeah, I barely remembered an eight, but I need to pay better attention to it. It's good stuff. I always get really sucked into like the Instagram, the good Instagram accounts. Not yes, no, not the nonsense ones. Yes, agree. I'm with you on that. Yeah, let's hear what people are. I want to know. Tell us. Um, if you are not a member of our Facebook group, you can find us at Fearless Business Podcast HQ. You can also find us at the fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Feel free to also leave us a review. We love the little stars or hearts or whatever they are, wherever you listen. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time.
This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.